Hi and welcome to another episode of Mark's Motivational Podcast. Um, it's great to be back again, another Authors Tuesday. So today I'm delighted to be joined by another great author. Um, she's um, really looking forward to talking to her. She's a PhD in psychology and she's she was a, a former teacher as well. So and she's she's got biblical books out there as well. So I'm looking forward to Terry sharing all about her books um, that she's written. So you're very welcome along to the podcast today, Terry. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. No, it's great. So uh, just to start off, um, we would like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, the books okay. you've written would be great. Great start. Thank okay. you. Okay. Um, yes, I, as you mentioned, I had been a teacher before. I actually was a teacher at the university level too, and um, I was in administration as a dean. And around 2016, 2014, 15, and 16, um, things really started changing in, in education. And I thought, you know, maybe it was time to retire and do something else. Um, I had always written in academia, you know, we have to write, it's all research-based. But once I retired, I decided to write something that was um, more fun and more meaning meaningful to me. The research is always meaningful, especially for um, parents and children who have disabilities. I enjoyed doing that. But um, now I was ready to start on a new adventure of, of writing something that could teach, but also entertain. And I was a little bit disturbed by what I started seeing back then, and we're seeing even more of it now. And that is the kind of a weakening of our um, education curriculum system here. Um, and and I know you see the news from you know across the pond. You see what's going on here with the exposure of kids to maybe reading materials and curriculum that not all parents agree with. So, and I know as we were talking about a little bit earlier in um, in your in in Dublin, your school system is different. And it, just from what I could read, because I haven't experienced it, it looks like it's you've got a little more wiggle room for some of the faith-based um, information there. Parents can still opt out of that, but that there's it's still offered. And here we're, you know, it's just not allowed to be offered. And even in the public libraries, um, and that's kind of where a lot of my writing began after I retired, I started talking to some librarians and asking them about these issues because I was quite concerned. And I even heard from another librarian this morning who said the very same thing I heard back in 2016. And that was that um, that the, the books that we might think of as wholesome and maybe a little more faith-based faith for kids uh, is not allowed in the libraries. In fact, I've had more than one librarian tell me they have to, if it if it looks like it's a Christian or faith-based book, they have to either put it in their office and only bring it out or take a kid in there to, you know, offer this as an option, or they're not allowed to um, spend money on these books to order them in certain libraries because their administrators won't allow it. And so a lot of the books that we maybe thought were pretty wholesome, you know, books growing up, mm -hmm. um, they're they're not showing those to kids anymore. And that that was quite disturbing to me because it's, I still think there's a lot that um, Christian authors can offer to kids to teach them about the world yeah. and, and history, you know? 
And so one of the first um, series that I started writing um, that was published by a publisher, because I do self-publish and, and have publishers also, um, was something called the Newton Chronicles. And that one is, um, this is what, what this one looks like. And it's it, there's three books in it. It's won awards also. Yeah, I see that, yeah. Where yeah, it's... Um, um, I, all my writing starts out with a question or a problem. And so the Newton Chronicles began because I'm concerned that kids, and this was before we we have what's going on now in the Middle East, um, because this was in 2018, 2019, when I wrote this series, um, that kids understand why we're concerned about um, Israel and Jerusalem. Why is it important in today's world? Because I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I always thought, religious wars who would fight over that you know thought, yeah, yeah nobody's going to fight over that and then here we are there that's what's happening so the newton chronicle series is, is an effort for kids as young as eight seven eight years of age because it's a young reader's book to see um the importance of that area of our world and the way the series starts it's three kids who are kind of i've described them almost as three knuckleheads because they're they're, you know, they're fun kids. They do a lot of silly, fun things that kids at, at that age of 12 do. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, even though it's for eight-year-olds, you, you always write up. You have a little bit older characters, so the younger kids think they're cool. Yeah. So um, this is, I said, around seven, eight years of age for interest level in reading. And one of the kids' father father has disappeared. In fact, he'd been gone for two years and was presumed to be dead. But his father was um, an archaeologist at a university, and he was on a dig in Jerusalem when he disappeared. And so this character was convinced his dad was still over there, but didn't know what happened to him. Nobody could find him. And then he happened upon, he and his two good friends, he has one friend that's a preacher's son who knows everything about the Bible. And he has another friend who's a girl, and she's a Messianic Jew. And she knows every, I mean, she's multilingual. She's got all these languages, and she can speak Aramaic and Hebrew, you know. So you got to have somebody like that if you're going over there <laughs> to help yeah, these yeah. kids out. Mm -hmm. So here we have a preacher's son. And then we have Luke, the main character, whose dad was the archaeologist, and the daughter, who is a Messianic Jewish girl who uh, is a neighbor. And so they, find this quantum physics device that they set off and cannot control it. And it's a time travel adventure. So they're hopping all back and forth between the New Testament. They go back to, um, you know, the Six Day War. Uh, they go back to World War II. They're hopping all over the place. And, and all of these places are to show the kids, you know, throughout history. Um, that has been the most important area. In, in our world, especially for, you know, Western countries, for those of us who are um, Christian. Um, so that's the purpose of that, again, was to show kids why that area of the world is important, but to do it in a fun way. Mm -hmm. And of course, it takes them three, three books in the series before they actually locate the father. But um, it's that was a fun one to do. And as I said, all of my books kind of have a purpose or, you know, serve a purpose. And so another one that I wrote, this one's really special to me. This is the top, the title doesn't sound very serious, but kind of, it really is. 
This is called Legends of the Donut Shop. Now, I don't know if you can tell on the cover, There's looks like a young boy and then an old grandfather type leaning yes, on a yes. cane. Uh-huh. Well, um, my dad and his buddies all always met at the donut shop once or twice a week. They'd go up there and have coffee and they were um, veterans of the Korean War, um, you know, World War II. And I would go every time I was in town, and this was even until a couple of years ago, when I was in town, I would go with him and his buddies to the donut shop. And this was all also when I was first publishing these Christian books. And one of the buddies said, you know, Terry, the next book you write, you need to write it for kids about groups like this. So they'll see why we're up here because they come in, they grab a donut and they just, just look at us like, look at those old guys. You know, they don't know what yeah. we're doing here. Yeah. And so Legends of the Donut Shop, um, these old guys tell these stories about their past life. Now, the main character, which is the boy on the cover, is actually um, partially based on experience that I had. He has a near-death experience where he's in the hospital and he's hovering up over his body, which he was from a car wreck. Now, I had that experience, but it was from a surgery. And so I, I'd always... That happened 30 years ago, and it was a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. And I know now there's a movie called um, After Death that's out that talks about these near-death experiences because it's like people thought you were crazy. You didn't talk about it, at least back then. No, you know, you just didn't. And so it's kind of been a hard thing to write about, but I finally decided I was ready to do that. And so the story begins with this teenage boy who has a car wreck and he sees himself kind of hovering over his body and he's afraid he's he's dying but then he through that experience while he's still in a coma he goes back to his younger years when he goes to the donut shop with his grandfather and so that's it's another little short time travel kind of thing where he goes back in time and he listens to the stories again but now they mean something and it's a book about second chances and you know, what What you do when you uh, face death seriously for the first time yourself and not just f uh, from a loved one. But the reason the story is so special to me is I was writing it because he, the old guys, you know, they said, you got to go home and write this. And I said, okay. So that was in the fall. And I went home and I started working on it. And I was talking to my dad about it. I got the cover designer. She designed the cover. I sent it to dad. He took it to his donut shop buddies. Oh, they loved it, you know. So then it was at the editor for the last time. And then I was going to put it out. And um, my dad got COVID and my mom got COVID and they both died within 24 hours. So they never got to see it. Although I know they've seen it now <laughs> yeah. over my shoulder. I know they've seen it, yeah. but um, he never got to read it. You know, even though I, it was written for him, he never got to read it. So um, I did give it to his buddies at their funerals because they were pallbearers. But in the book, there's, you know, there's veterans. There's a rancher who tells true stories of, based on stories from my son-in-law, who's a rancher. Um, so there's, just like the Newton Chronicles, there's facts in the fiction. You know, you have to have a really good foundation to have a really good story especially if you want to teach something, you know? Yeah. So in that, when they go back in history and um, 
hopefully give some younger kids. Although I've had a lot of grandparents that really like that book because it's they can relate to the old characters, you know, even though it's a teenager kind of book. That sounds brilliant. Really good. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It's really a special book to me. And if I feel like I'm missing them, I'll read it. And I feel like they're, you know, they're right there with me. It's just a really yeah. special book for me. And then um, the one, another series that's, Actually, four books are out. The fifth one is coming out December 5th. Um, and this is called the Underground Book Reader Series. I don't know if you've seen this or heard about this online, but this one is based on kind of what we were talking about earlier with the banning of books and so on. And yeah, yeah. What's happening kind of politically and in education. So after talking to those librarians, because I'd already been working on Newton Chronicles and Legends of the Donut Shop, but then I was talking more to librarians and their concern about, um, you know, they've got some strange, I guess, different types of people in their own administrative structures, uh, librarians do, and they are deciding in many cases where the money can be spent, and it's not going to be on faith-based books. Um, Church schools, maybe, but not public schools and not public libraries. That's that's becoming um, harder and harder to find, you know, some good faith-based books, new ones that are publicly displayed. So with all of that going on um, and kind of the, there's a lot now out on the liter in the literature you might see of, you know, end of times and are we facing end of times? So this book, this series is actually a little bit dystopian but it's also action adventure. Mm -hmm. So it's um, a book where there's a group of teenagers and this is, as I said, dystopian. It's uh, set, begins in 2031, which is not too far in the future. Yeah. But um, what has happened is the United States has been infiltrated and taken over. And it happened after a pandemic, you know, which we just had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they just called it this disease. They don't ever say it, you know, it was COVID or anything in the book. It's just called the disease. But many of their parents died or they were captured and taken in to serve in the military. And so you've got these teenagers and kids that are kind of living alone, trying to survive. They have a food ration station where they eventually meet each other, um, standing in line, waiting for their food. This happens in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia in the caverns there. And I, and I went and toured some caverns um, up there as I was writing the book. And these kids hide in the caverns and they find books and they hide them. They have a, a library in the cavern. They hide Bibles because those are forbidden. All the schools have been destroyed. The churches are all burned. There's no parents. And so they're surviving on their own. And throughout the series what happens is they meet more and more kids and they are able to come up with some ways um, to learn they learn to farm they had one girl that had land there and she teaches them about farming and so they're growing their own food and they're teaching themselves school they find a few younger kids and they're teaching them how to read because the younger kids have never been to school and then they're studying the bible and then as the series goes on you know, they meet some other interesting folks who've been hidden away, and they eventually um, decide they're going to 
escape the rule of this world force and set up their own world and you know make it a better place and so that's kind of where it is right now um book five is coming out in december december 5th i had initially thought it would be six books in the series but i'm not sure these kids are going to be able to solve all the problems in six books so yeah, yeah. seven or eight i don't know but right now that's where it is so those are kind of the the kids books you know that i've had out in the last couple of years they sound incredible. They sound really, really good. Um, like as I said, like congratulations, you've won a won a, a fair few awards in in America for uh, the Mom's Choice Awards. You mentioned yes. your your bio. Uh -huh. Yeah, what the Mom's Choice Award was for the Legends of the Donut Shop. Okay. Because the lesson in there that I didn't tell you is that the kid has a car wreck because um there was somebody else who was texting and driving. So there's a little you know, I, I don't ever tell that to kids because I don't want it to come off yeah. like a lecture, but um, there's a little lesson in there. So yeah, that got the Mom's Choice Award, which I was pleased with that. Yeah, no, it sounds brilliant. Like, because, and as you said, you've, you've, um, you have self-published some books and um, gone the traditional route. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what's the preferred thing to do, Terry? When, like, self-publish or the original or have a publisher um yeah. i had to have traditional publishers for quite a while in academia and yeah. you know big publishers um i've had small christian publishers doing my christian books uh, the advantage for me of doing the self-publishing is time yeah. i just feel like there's so much more i want to write and it's taking two to three years to bring a book out with mm -hmm. a publisher and i can have it out in you know, six months, once it's finished, mm. like four to six months, depending on the editing and the cover design and all of that. So um, I, I'm not a spring chicken and I want to, <laughs> I want to get as many out as, you know, as I can. And that's the biggest advantage is having that control of the time factor. And I don't blame the publishers. I know they, you know, there's, they have small staff and yeah. Then we had delays from COVID and then, you know, it's been kind of one thing after another with these different groups that have caused it mm -hmm. to stop, you know, stop. A, the Newton Chronicles actually was put off about a year because of COVID. So that's, you know, that takes time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I, like, I loved your, the way your stories lead on to one another, like your books, like, like you said, you've got, you thought you could have it done in five, wasn't it? Or now you're looking at six or or seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I have a lot, a lot of the readers that contact me, and they're, they, I mean, I can't write them any faster. I'm trying to write, you know. They're like, when is it coming out? Mm -hmm. And then one of them um, told me, she said, you cannot stop this at six. She said, you've got to have it twenty or forty in this series. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll live long enough to write forty books in this series, but. <laughs> you know that's a lot of books <laughs> yeah no it sounds absolutely brilliant terry and um where can people get your books um are they available on amazon and yeah they're all available on amazon um they're available on amazon here and also uk i don't know what your market is but yeah uk yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're available on amazon uk as well um, Barnes and Noble, you can order them through them. They don't usually have them on the shelves. I have them in some local small bookstores around Texas. Yeah. Um, but mostly people order them online. 
you know, or get them when I go to a book signing, you know, that kind of thing. Brilliant, yeah. Now, I love the idea, like you're saying, about having them in small bookstores is a, uh, like keeping it like nice to keep it offline as well to sell them in bookstores, isn't it? Yes, I, I believe in the small, you know, mom and pop kind of bookstores. I just love yeah. those. I love to have book signings in those places. Mm -hmm. um, we've had, <clears throat> I know, when, I think when you and I were talking earlier, I had just gotten over COVID again myself. We, sure. I've had to cancel, like I've had COVID twice now, and I keep having to cancel these book signings. And, yeah. you know, I, I miss that. I'm I'm ready to... I'm ready for COVID to go away so everybody can do what we always used to do. But it's been going around here again a second time. And Same. I was, you know, lucky to catch it. Again, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But you're doing a lot, lot better now, thankfully. Yeah. 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 And um, as well as that, do you kind of, have, when you're writing your books, do you have a kind of a strategy you use, Terry, when you're writing? Like, would you use, would you write a certain amount of words a day or what's your strategy for oh, writing? Oh, no, heavens no. I can't do anything that predictable. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, it's, um, I write in very long spurts, like 12 hours at a time. Mm -hmm. And then I may not write for a week. Mm -hmm. But then I could write every day, you know, eight hours a day for two or three weeks. It, it depends on the story, kind of where I am with it. I'm a panster, as they say. I don't plot. Um, I do. I can tell you I'm one of those people that I'm so blessed. I get an idea at three o'clock in the morning. You know, it's just it's just given to me. I honestly feel like that's a gift. Mm -hmm. And if I get that, then I get up and that's when I write. And that could go on for days, you know, when uh, when I have that inspiration out of, well, I would say out of nowhere, but I know exactly where it comes from. <laughs> I know where all gifts come from so um you know that's uh, and I've tried that I've, some people say oh you've got to write so many hours a day or so many words and I just don't write that way I could write um easily 3,000 words a day without any trouble without setting that as a goal if I'm writing but then if we're traveling for a week I don't write you know I, I'm not one that writes every single day like a lot of writers do I just think whatever works, as long as you're not um, just completely saying, you know, I'm burnt out, I'm not writing anymore. Like you just put yeah. it away. As long as you know it's there, you're going to work on it. If you've yeah. got other things to do, you have to balance it out a little bit. Although my husband would probably say I don't balance it very well because he's always saying you're still on the computer, you know, <laughs> but you try, you try to, you know. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's great. That's thanks very much for for sharing that. Like, um, because everybody has their own own mm -hmm. way of, of doing it. Like some people have sports of time they, they write and other times people are, are different. Yeah. So that, that that's great. Thank you. No, yeah, and I could I don't see how people write from an outline. I mean, I did that in academia when it was all, you know, nonfiction. I could write from an outline, but I just don't that doesn't work for me for fiction. And I know it works for a lot of people, but I just don't do it that way. No. And you say for academia, like, have you written books for, for when you're in, when you're working in the school, was it? Uh, yes, actually. Um, the one that I had out, actually the first time that got accepted for publication was 1989. First time it came out, I think was 1991. And it's still out there. I just got finished with another revision of that. It's, um, it's in the ninth edition. And, 
that's on testing kids for special education, special needs kids, assessment and special education was the title. Um, and it, they kind of retitled it now, calling it inclusive education. You know, that's the trend is all going that way. But, um, and I had a co-author for the last edition of it because I, I just feel like I'm spending more time on fiction than I am academic work. Yeah. Um, yeah, that and of course a lot of research papers. I'd written chapters in other people's textbooks, you know, that kind of thing. But um, it's a different kind of writing, and I'm kind of glad not to be doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's great, you know, because um, no, and can people uh get uh, get that book as well? Can people? Oh yeah, it's just yeah. everything is on my Amazon page if they great. go to uh, Terry Overton. Great. And then yeah. I have a web page also that's authorterryoverton.com. And that's the a web page that's got all of these books we've been talking about. Mm. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because I, I can share all your links on the show notes for people to, to check out as well. Um, mm -hmm. So like if you send me on what, what you have there and I can put it up on the, oh, on sure. the podcast sure. show notes, it'd be great. Yeah, I also have a blog and I'll send you the link to that. Yeah. And yeah. I do send out a newsletter. But I promise I'm not one that sends it out every week and clutters up your mailbox. I usually just send it out if I have something, you know, to coming out. So it might be once a month or every two weeks for, a, you know, a few newsletters and then I won't write it again for another month. So yeah. I'll send you the information about that. Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, um, and as well as that, what's your favorite kind of books to to read as well, Terry? Um, what's your your favorite um, well, not a favorite author as such, but like one that comes to mind that you, mm. you like to read. That's a hard question. I read so much now as yeah. research for this. So a lot of what I'm reading is uh, biblical, you know, biblical right. research, mm -hmm. um, other, you know, Christian authors. Um, that's kind of where, where I'm, where I'm reading. And I don't have a lot of spare time right now to read just plain old fun books although I like the fiction you know like the left behind series and you know all those kinds of things they're yeah they're fun to read too so yeah because I love um the way you're you, you know you're putting science fiction in your books as well as giving mm -hmm. a lesson to children that that comes across to me like is it's really good like I'm looking forward to getting that book for my daughter as well the one you're, you're saying about the the, the donut shop uh, oh just, yeah Sounds really, really good. Yeah. How old is she? She's uh, nearly 14. So. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. And yeah. the underground book readers, you know, she might be interested in that. It's dystopian, like I said, but it's, mm. you know, it happens in the United States. So I don't know how interesting that would be to her <laughs> because oh. it happens over here. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in the book, it's happening across the world. But the story mm -hmm. is focused on on this country. So, yeah, yeah. No, no, thanks very much for sharing it. Um, as well as that, do you have any favorite, uh, what's your favorite movies to watch? Do you, what's your, do you have a favorite movie or favorite type of movies? Oh, this is really a very good question. And I, this honestly goes with whatever I'm working on. Okay. So if I'm writing a Christmas book, I am watching Christmas movies. <laughs> if I am writing, you know, the underground book readers, I'm going to be watching something dystopian. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm, you know, if I'm writing something like uh, the Newton Chronicles, I, I might be watching the series The Chosen, 
you know, it's just like whatever I'm working, whatever I'm in the mood for, that's what I'm going to watch. Yeah, great stuff. And do you find as well, you know, when you're writing, the characters kind of get a take a take a um, a, they they come alive nearly on on the page. Oh, do you find absolutely that? in my head. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's when I was talking about waking up at three in the morning. It's yeah. because they're usually having a an episode or a conversation or something. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. It tickles sometimes. Authors say my characters won't behave. I'm like, I could, I know what you mean. It's like you know what what you want the character to do, but you got to get them there, you know. And that sometimes is a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can see you're you've got a great grandchild now. Oh, yeah, I just saw yes. her. Yeah, is that yes. reason? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah make, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, um, you know, I'm quite concerned about the world events and what's going on. I have a, a grandson who is in the army in an unstable area. And actually, I have a grandson and a really, his really good friend are both in a pretty unstable area right now. So, um, you know, any anybody has extra prayers to yeah. <laughs> want to, you know, share for my kids, I, I would appreciate it. Um, my other kids, they're all over the place. My, I've got granddaughters that are, you know, going to school in Oklahoma and they're just all spread out and I'm still down here in Texas. But <laughs> yeah. All spread out. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're all over the place. But um, yeah, like I was going to like, is there one thing you could say to people as a, um, an author yourself to kind of give them advice of, of how, how to, to keep themselves motivated in the writing, what would you say, Terry? Well, I don't know if it would apply to all authors, but I am always, um, you know, I've been what they call in academia, a lifelong learner. I'm always wanting to learn more mm -hmm. about what I'm writing about. And I, I know some people maybe who have, you know, all these degrees just in writing and creative writing, and they, they do a lot of, um, you know, just pure fiction that's not necessarily based on facts, but I, to, to motivate, for me to be motivated, it's I'm going to learn something and then about something I'm interested in and then figure out how that fits into my characters that are already telling me what they're going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for me, it's, it's doing the research, you know, really researching what it is that you're, you're going to put in your story. I think that's important. Definitely, definitely, yeah. No, that that's great. That's 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 makes so much sense. Thanks a lot for that, that Terry. And your 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 favorite music as well. Do you have a uh, favorite music you like to listen to yourself? That's oh, that goes along with the what I'm writing. Also, okay, you yeah. know, I have an adult um, book series that's based on this area here. I live right on the coast of Texas, and that series is called Sable Palms, and it's a uh, it's adults, but it's kind of the golden girls that women my age that are living on the coast together and they're just they're funny I, I like to write that series because they crack me up yeah. so if I'm working on something that's you know like that then I'll listen to beach music I mean it's just like the movies it depends on what <laughs> yeah. I'm working on you know um, I like to listen to even music based on the World War II era if I'm writing something that had like the underground book readers that has to do with I, and I do watch a lot of war movies for that because there's yeah. a lot of um, strategies, you know, I want to think about um, militarily that might happen in a takeover like that. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah so then I might listen to that kind of music and um we listened to a lot of the music from the era when my husband and I were growing up which is 60s and 70s um particularly a lot of what was called soul music or um Carolina beach music you know we we like all the R&B classic stuff and the old rock and roll stuff and of course being in Texas, we listen to a lot of country music. So yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of that. My uh, when my dad uh, passed away, he had, a, and this is my biological dad. He had a jukebox in his house, and um, for some reason, nobody wanted to mess with that jukebox. And then after I said I'll take it, and had to pay the movers what you have to pay to move that big ginormous jukebox, I figured out why nobody wanted it. But anyway, it's got a lot of his records and he was, you know, into jazz and um old country, western stuff, you know, so we we listen to all kinds of music at our house. Great. And and do you ever listen to music when you write as well? Just um I asked like I found I've done that myself recently, you know, not not with lyrics, but just um you know, with a melody, do you have, mm -hmm. have you ever tried that? I do that some, but um, what I tend to do more, we were talking about movies and that if I'm in the mood to write, if I'm writing in a particular genre, I'll watch yeah. movies like that. I will watch a movie while I write, but it's always one I've seen. So I don't have to really pay attention to it. Yeah. But I don't know why that's, um, some people I know, they say they write with the TV on. I, I couldn't do that, but but I can write if it's a movie that I've already seen. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, very good. No, because sometimes people like kind of get a flow when you listen to music. You know, when you're writing, like you know, that's that's one thing I, that's helped me a bit. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. I know a lot of other authors who talk about that. And I guess if I have listened to music, as I've said, I've it might be World War Two era music. Yeah. I just love that big band era. All those, uh, I love um, any you know Frank Sinatra, Artie Shaw. I mean, all that. I, I love all those, um, the Rat Pack. <laughs> yeah, I, I like yeah, to listen right to that, that stuff too. Yeah. yeah, and I have listened to that while I'm writing or just playing jazz, you know. Mm, great stuff, yeah. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I can see you did a, you're a PhD in psychology. Uh, have, mm -hmm. How's that been um, working with your books? Have you, have you, have you used much of that when you're, when you're writing? Much of with your, the characters, maybe yeah. some. Yeah, yeah some. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, you know, I did use a lot of that background when I was teaching and yeah. writing in academia, mm. but I haven't pulled that much of it into the books, um, except maybe for character. Very good, yeah, that's great stuff, yeah. No, it's great to have you on, Terry, thanks a lot for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> and uh, because myself personally, I don't watch the news anymore, I've kind of, Got got to a stage. I used to watch the news all the time through COVID, and I've I've just <laughs> stopped watching it. You know, you know, like that's very depressing. You know. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people are like that as well. They just seem to have switched off, saying if something's going to happen, we're going to know about it, but we don't need to watch it all the time. You know. Right. Yeah, yeah. and it's an interesting thing too. Um, having gone through having a near death experience, I, you know, I'm perfectly secure, whatever happens. I know how wonderful and peaceful I felt at that moment. And I know, you know, if the world comes to an end around me, I, I know where I'm going to be. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? But well, I do know people that watch news 24 seven and mm -hmm. they're nervous wrecks, you know, <laughs> from yeah. watching it. So, yeah. 
And what's that film you were talking about that's coming out right soon about the near near death um, experiences? It's story? after death. Yeah, it's called yeah. After Death. And I believe the the woman that I I was watching an interview um, herself was a medical doctor, and she had an an after death experience. Now hers was different than mine, but every time I have read, and I've read a lot of research on near-death experiences too, um, and everyone seems to be different. There are a lot of, they kind of categorize them, the out-of-body experience of seeing yourself when you're above yourself is what what I had, but she she went further on hers and, you know, actually seeing other people, um, but I think that she was probably kind of dead longer, like mine was uh, near death, but I think she actually died and came back. So I think there's different categories, you know, for that. But it, I, I do want to see that film. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, it does sound pretty interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seen, yeah. I think it came out on the 27th, and I'm not sure yet. Uh, I think it was like a small streaming something, but I don't know where else, you know, commercially where else it might be available. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so what's next for yourself terry what's what what's um what's next for you well i'm still working on the underground book readers series i have uh, one more book i've been working on for the sable palm series which is the the texas women living on the coast i've got one more of those yeah but i have a couple of others in mind um kids you know books and uh kind of dealing with the after death experience and dystopian kind of stuff so great stuff yeah and do you have a website that people can uh find you yeah on? yeah the web page is the author terry overton and it's terry with a y so it's author terry overton.com is the website right. brilliant and have you any uh book sign signings you'd like to mention for people that are listening and watching on youtube for coming up soon um not right now i was to have been I was to have gone on one this week um a few hours away from here but you know after I got COVID and then my husband wasn't feeling well so I just I just had to get out of that one but that one's going to be coming up again in June is what they told me and that's in central Texas in a place called Seguin Texas will be coming up in June but as far as the small bookstores yet I I don't have any of those uh scheduled there was another one of those I had to cancel because of COVID, so yeah. hopefully I'm I'm immune now for a while, and I can do some book signings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I wish you all the best, the best luck with everything mm -hmm. you do, and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to the podcast. Thank you. I enjoyed talking with you too. Yeah. Okay. So thanks everyone for for uh, tuning into today's podcast, Mark's motivational podcast. Um, an absolute pleasure talking to Terry on the podcast today. So join us next time um, for another episode of Mark's Motivational Podcast. Thanks again, Terry. Thank you. Best of luck. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Mark here. Thank you for watching another episode of my Authors Tuesday podcast. I recently published a book of children's stories called The Adventures of Larry Lampos and Friends. The book began life as bedtime stories I wrote for my own children. If you'd like to purchase my book, follow the link in the description box below. By buying my book, you are also supporting my podcast series for authors, which is giving a voice to writers in Ireland and across the world.